Welcome to Joyful Souls, the podcast. I'm Tracy Benson, your host. Join us each session for a deep dive of real talk and inspiring interviews with conscious, awakened souls who are realizing epic fulfillment by living on purpose, with intention, and in alignment. Come find out how they have created their life to be this epic, fulfilling experience. I'm a lifestyle coach, an entrepreneur, a speaker, personal development junkie, and most of all, your host for this epic journey where you can also learn how to take your life from ordinary to extraordinary. See you on the other side. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Joyful Souls, the podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Benson, and I'm so happy you're here with me today. I was just thinking maybe we do something a little on the fun side today. There's a lot of seriousness going on in the world, and while the Black Lives Movement is extremely important in the social injustice that's been occurring in this country for 400 plus years, it needs to stop. And we have a global pandemic that is escalating in a lot of areas of the United States. We still need to have some fun. We need to have some levity. We need to think about things that bring us joy and peace and happiness. Now, that doesn't mean we forget about the important issues that we still need to speak up on. But that doesn't mean we can't take a break and have some fun. And I was thinking about this today because my head's been centered around the Black Lives Matter movement and the social injustice that we observe and have observed in this country for several hundred years now. And I'm one of those people that I tend to get wrapped tightly in things and I want them to move forward and It's never fast enough and you get so laser focused on it that before you know it, you have forgotten to breathe. You have forgotten to smile. You have forgotten that there is joy and pleasure in this world, even if it's not about that. And I'm speaking for myself here because I know when I get in these, I'll call it a mode where I'm focused and driven on a particular subject or idea or workspace or, you know, new business or whatever it is, I tend to do it to the exclusion of everything else sometimes. I don't know if you're like that. And so I was thinking today how I break my patterns because I know when I'm doing it now, I'm very aware. And so I've learned that it's never truly healthy to be totally zoned in on something to the exclusion of everything else. It's just not. It's that old adage that everything in moderation is the way to go. And I really believe that's true because my life is so much more fulfilling and balanced if there is such a thing. Now, because I make sure I don't get wound too tight in things. Now, that doesn't mean that I set those things aside and I don't make them a priority. It just means they don't become all-consuming to the detriment of the rest of my life. So, and part of that is taking personal responsibility. It's kind of like 
a lot of people are talking about the COVID-15 or the COVID-19. What I mean by that is extra weight that we've put on during this downtime because we're stuck at home. We couldn't go to the gym. You know, we were supposed to be in the house. Maybe you live somewhere where you couldn't exercise, whatever the case may be that you didn't have equipment and all you could do was walk around your, you know, your home. Maybe you don't know body weight exercises, although we always know there's alternatives when we really want to get something done. I say that because we're blaming COVID for that weight gain. I've had some of it myself, way more than I'd like to admit. I've just not been on my game as far as that's concerned. And I can't blame it on COVID. Now, COVID might have had some responsibility in in the fact that it set up the perfect scenario for me to slip and slide back down that slippery slope. But really, it's not about COVID. It's about my preparedness to handle stress in my life, which leads me to emotional eating. Now, generally, I don't do a whole lot of that anymore, or I hadn't until recently. But I had a lot of culmination of different things that were adding stress to me. Now, is it any of those things fault? No, it's not. It's my responsibility. Now, the difference is when you're sliding on things or when you become obsessed on something to the exclusion of everything else, the easy thing to do then once you figure it out is to kind of beat yourself up over it. Well, beating ourselves up over things never solved anything. The whole idea of getting smacked in the face with things like not recognizing that I'm way off target in my eating and my exercise, I get the slap in the face when I step on the scale, right? That holy heck, wake up, look what you've done. Now, there's a couple of ways you can look at that. You can start obsessing about that then and stress out over it, beat yourself up, which whenever we have negative self-talk, we're never moving in the right direction for ourselves. Or we can just take radical responsibility that, hey, this is something I need to focus on a little more. I need to be more diligent about. I need to work on. And that goes for our fun too, because I find in times of stress and when we have lots of things going on, like maybe you're furloughed, maybe you've totally lost your job, maybe your hours have been cut, maybe you had to take a new position that pays less. There can be lots of things going on during the COVID that fuels some of this for us, right? However, it's not the real reason The real reason we do things are over and over or repeat patterns like gaining and losing weight, obsessing over things to the exclusion of something else, you know, being procrastinators, you know, anything that you consider that wasn't in your best interest, there's a story in your life that goes along with it. And what I mean by that is I don't mean there's a tale to tell necessarily, But there is a story you made in your head that associates with whatever that is that you do, that is not self-serving, procrastinating, blaming, guilting yourself, uh, poor self-talk, you know, focusing on the things we can't control instead of the things we can, not making 
what we would call optimal choices. And we all make mistakes. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about consistently making the same bad choices over and over again. There's a story in your life that's associated with it. And that's what we need to take radical responsibility for, that it's not the outside stimulus that's going on now. It's not that your boyfriend left you or your girlfriend cheated on you or your uncle twice yelled at you. Whatever we're using as an excuse is just that. It's an excuse not to move forward in a certain area or to not recognize and own where we might be lacking in a certain area. Now we're all human. We make mistakes, right? It has nothing to do with the mistake. It has everything to do with what you do after the mistake. Do you just stop? Do you not try? Do you pretend it didn't happen? Do you blame it on someone else? How about just taking radical responsibility for, I did this and it didn't work. So now I'm going to readjust and try something else. Or in my case, all right, I let my eating get away from me. I slowed down my exercise. I knew I was aware what I should be doing and I chose not to. So now I'm going to choose to make better choices and get back on track. And many times we have a story in our life that feeds these things for us. So we revert back to that story. And sometimes it takes a lot of awareness to figure out what that story is. And that's where journaling comes in handy. Because when you're feeling a certain way, sometimes if you just start pouring out on paper, you can even journal verbally. Some people really hate to write. You can type it. You can speak into a microphone and uh, verbally journal and just let stuff spill. And I don't mean the verbal bashing of yourself. I mean talking about how you feel and where it comes from. What I've gotten really good at doing the last few years is when I find something that keeps popping up for me that causes anger, angst, sadness, fear, self-loathing, anything that I would consider was not necessarily beneficial to me. I start trying to figure out where the original source of those feelings are. So what I want to journal about is how I'm feeling, what I'm feeling in this moment that I'm feeling this angst and pain or whatever it is, whatever that negative emotion or physical response you're having to something is. And I really get that feeling into words. What is that feeling? What does it feel like in my body? You know, do I feel heavy? Do I feel pain? Do I feel sorrowful? Whatever it is, describe it in the most detailed way you can, the way you're feeling right now. And what triggered that feeling? So you go back to the situation that caused that feeling. Now, most likely that isn't the first time you felt those feelings you know, unless maybe you're 12. So we're going to have to then, the next step that I take is I go back to the last time that I can remember feeling that way. Sometimes it'll be shortly ago because you have something boiling under and you're repeatedly getting triggered 
And it just goes on and on and on until you blow, right? So sometimes it'll be really recent. Sometimes though, it might be several years back and you really have to think on it. When did I feel this way last? I had this situation, I think two years ago it was, where my husband and I kept having this particular issue, and this was my issue, it wasn't his, that would come up when he would go away. And it hadn't been a real problem in probably the last few years, so I thought that whatever I'd worked on, I had resolved it. Well, that wasn't true. So my husband went out of town to a wedding, a friend of his, and I stayed. Normally, I go with him to things like that. But in this particular case, I was extremely busy with other commitments that I'd made prior to us finding out about the wedding. So I decided to stay home. So he goes to the event, and he's there a couple of days before, and he's hanging out with his friends. And we work together, you know, here. So he has an outside thing that he does, just like I do. And we work together in our real estate business. And I needed something from him. One of the computers completely quit. And my computer was in the midst of a reboot that was taking forever, like um, updates. And I needed to get on the software, and the only other computer was his. And normally, he has his password right underneath there, so I don't have to remember it. Well, lo and behold, I really needed to get into the software. I had an urgent matter to deal with, and I couldn't get into his computer. The password wasn't there, and so I texted him and gave him like 15 minutes to answer, thinking, oh, you know, he could be in the shower or in the bathroom or whatever. And he didn't answer. I texted him again. Waited 20 minutes this time because I was trying to get my other computer that had crashed restarted. The other one was still downloading updates. So I'm on my laptop trying to get that one going. That was when this, I have a new laptop now. That's when this one failed two years ago. And then I call and nobody answers. And I'm like, he always has his phone with him. And as time went on over this first hour that I was trying to get a hold of him, I noticed I was escalating and I was getting angry. And I was equating it with the stress I was feeling because I needed to get into this particular software and I couldn't. And so this went on for another hour. And finally, two hours later, he called me back. And by then I was ballistic. I was angry. I was not listening. I was just really in a very anger-filled mode. And by this time I'd gone in the other computer and I'd got what I needed. And literally he was at a friend's wedding that were doing pre-wedding stuff. But once I had what I needed, I should have de-escalated because there would be no reason for me to continue to be angry, right? And so we had this large fight. Really, it was a fight. It was really pretty one-sided. He took my abuse. And um, I just finally said, I need to go. I need to figure this out. So I hung up. And I started journaling because I realized this had nothing to do with 
the password to his computer. This had everything to do with him not answering me in what I thought was an appropriate fashion, right? I had expectations on when someone should answer me. And I have had this with the men in my life as long as I can remember. And so I started going back and going back and going back to figure out where did this come from? Where did this need to be, I want to call it acknowledged and honored and listened to come from? What was it that made this so devastating to me? Because literally it was, that's how I felt. I felt devastated that in my mind, he was not caring enough with my texts and my phone calls and my messages to call me back or to text me. And so I did tons and tons of soul searching. And when I came down to it, it came back to an incidences when I was about eight years old. My mother was working three to 11 and going to school in the morning to finish her master's degree. My father was supposed to be home to let me in from school every day. Nine days out of 10, my father was not there when I got home. And I would either have to try to break in through a window or sit there and wait for him to get home or walk up to where my mother was working, which was about a mile and a half from our house and get a key and come back home. Those were my options. But the little girl in me felt unloved and forgotten and uncared about by my father. Now, that's not what was going on with my dad. My dad had never recovered from my brother's death some years before that. And he was not in a healthy state of mind. He could barely keep himself together, let alone remember to come take care of me. And it wasn't because he loved me. My father adored me. And I know that now. And I knew that pretty well a little bit later as I got old enough to understand the whole scope of it. But so that hurt little girl has carried that pain throughout her life and built on it. So every time a man in my life did not answer me promptly, did not acknowledge me, did not listen to me, did not see me. I was not seen or heard or understood. I was not loved. I was not cared about. And that was devastating. And so this day, and it hadn't happened in a few years, because we'd had conversations regarding my need for that, and he had agreed to meet my need for that when I didn't know where it was coming from, I took out on him what I wanted to say to my father when I was eight, when he left me, sitting waiting, day after day after day. And so sometimes our stories come from a long, long ago, and most of them have nothing to do with the people or friends, family, loved ones in our life now. But we carry this stuff with us because we're unaware until we get to the root. 
and then we can free the little girl or little boy from the pain, from the anguish, and let them see the truth of what really happened. Because most of the time, we make stories that justify a position, that justify our feelings, instead of asking questions, instead of having conversation with people. And then we also have to own when we blame others when it had nothing to do with them and everything to do with us. Now, I'm going to give you a scoop on my husband. He's kind, and he's at lunch with these friends. And one of the friends is Canadian, and their phone is not working. And they need to call their cell phone carrier. And they don't want to do it from their phone, even though they can, because of the cost per minute. And they know it's going to be a long call. So this friend was using my husband's phone. He had no idea I was calling or texting over this two-hour period until he got his phone back. And so he knew kind of what he was going to get based on previous experience in years past, even though we hadn't had this problem for several years. He knew, but he called, and he tried to make it okay by explaining to me. But I was so angry and so hurt that then I was blaming that person for not noticing that the text was going off, for not telling him. And oh, and frankly, he said, we were eating, they laid the phone down and it wasn't lit up. And so I just kept eating for about another 20 minutes before I turned over and looked at the phone and saw how many times you called and texted. So I was mad because he didn't check. As soon as he got the phone back, I was mad at his friend for being so discourteous that he had to know, because you can hear when you have caller ID when someone's calling in. And he had to look and notice that it was, you know, someone's name and the person knows me. So the fact that he didn't tell my spouse reflects on him, not my spouse, them, not my spouse, right? But my spouse got all of this anger and it was misplaced. And it's just like me obsessing on something to the exclusion of everything else. That's part of my story too. That's how I got things done. That's how I became successful is super laser focus. But what else did I give up in the midst of that super laser focus when I couldn't let it go? So the whole moral to my story is I said we wanted to have some fun, but I had to go back here to show you that often the things that are causing us angst and pain and discomfort is stuff that happened long ago that we created a story around that we still use every time we feel those same feelings. When that certain feeling comes on us, we go back to that child, even though we don't know that's what we're doing. And so journaling helps us get back to that so we can release it. And also so we don't punish those in our life now for things they didn't do and didn't cause and shouldn't be paying the price of. So apologies are very, very welcome from those people during this time when you realize you really do need to apologize. We need to apologize more often anyway. I'm, I'm very guilty of that. 
But anyway, so today my thought was, let's talk about the things that we can do to break our pattern. So when I get ultra focused on something that I'm not getting off of, it tends to be very serious for me, right? I get to be very serious and focused and, you know, to the exclusion of everything else. So when I want to break my pattern and have some fun, I am aware when I'm being that person now, when I'm being that ultra focused exclusionary person. So I do something that's totally out of character for me. Now I love music, don't get me wrong, but I'm not a person who always has music going in the background. I'm not a person who dances a ton, although I really like to. And so I will crank up the music, put in my headphones and start dancing around. Or I'll get on my iPad or my laptop and play some silly, goofy video game that takes no brain power of all that just makes me smile when I accomplish the little benign tasks that they have on there. I might grab my camera and go out and shoot some wildlife photographs or some flowers or some beautiful scenery. I might just look for the funniest, dumbest movie that I love and turn it on to my favorite scene and just watch that scene over and over again until I laugh. And you can do this with other people too, because we all tend to do it. So, you know, if you have a spouse, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a significant other, a partner in life, same sex or otherwise, doesn't matter, transgender, you know, whatever you are, even if you are in a relationship of a three, So it doesn't matter, include your friends, your family, your loved ones in this fun with you because it helps you stay in that mode better. The party is always better when we're together. Ever heard the Jack Johnson song, Better Together? It's one of my favorites because it's really true. When you're with the people you love that lift you up, there's nothing better than being together. And when you're in these serious waves of whatever it is, whether you're focusing on the Black Lives Matter movement, which is ultra important right now, whether you're a focused healthcare person trying to save people suffering with COVID right now, keeping them alive, we still need to break focus and have some fun. You know, you can be like me. I know exactly, well, no, I know quite a few rap songs, but the only one I know full words to is one from 50 Cent. And gosh, dang it, if it didn't take me like, oh, I don't know, it's probably a month of practicing to learn the words. It's funny because I know songs, but it's something about talking on a beat that just blows my mind. And I have, I struggle with it. I'm going to be honest. I can sing a song out of tune, but when I'm trying to do a rap, that beat, it's like when I say I turn up the loud music and dance, the beat takes me out of rhythm. It takes me to a space where I'm not thinking, where some people like rappers, that beat makes their brain function and go high speed, right? With their speech. I don't know if that's exactly the right way to describe it, but you know, I'm not a rapper. What can I say? But I enjoy the medium. I enjoy it, especially because I'm not good at it. Because I look at those people and go, wow. I mean, Nicki Minaj, holy. I mean, she is like the best of the best. 
I would dare to say she's better than some of the great men out there, hands down. And, you know, so it's all about breaking patterns. So if you're in a pattern where when you're in music, you're in a pattern, then maybe the music is what you want to turn off, right? Maybe you want to do something else, like go for a run, go take photos. Maybe you need to slow down. Maybe you need to meditate. And you can do that in a group too. I do guided meditations for groups all the time, but I also use them on myself as a matter of I do recorded ones or I listen to recorded ones so that I can, you know, help myself tune out. And sometimes that's what you need to do too, is to shut down a little bit of your brain so that you can relax and have flow instead of this high speed train running through your head. And that's what I equate mine with when I get on a laser focus. It's like a high speed train and it's, you know, it's not going to stop until it hits the wall. And is that bad? Not when you're trying to get something done and it works for you, but you got to be careful because every train needs a break and that's including you. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to cut it off now because I've been yabbering on for about 30 minutes on this. And I think this is one of my longest solos. It's kind of funny. I wasn't sure what I was going to talk about today and today I can't shut up. So if you have any questions, you need any help, thinking of some pattern breaks, you want to drop me a line at tracybenson at joyfulsouls.com, my email. I would be happy to get back to you and see how I can help you get off the freight train, the speed bullet train, and do a little relaxing in between so that you can be more productive when you jump back on the train. And life is too short not to have fun multiple times a day. So if you're not having fun at least every couple of hours during your day, I'm telling you, you're doing it all wrong. Life was meant to be lived and truly living is fun and full of imagination and wonder and magic. And I wish that for you each and every day. I'll see you guys soon. Love you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Joyful Souls Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at tracybenson at joyfulsouls.com. Thanks ever so much for listening and have a beautiful day.